Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. We're getting ready for a food fight. Plus, we discuss zombie attacks from COVID-19. It's time for a nerd battle. Ivana, it's been a while since we've done a nerd battle. This is the one where we square off and we dig in our heels and we try to prove the other person wrong. This is going to be a fun fight. I think that uh, our audience is going to find it a delightful departure from the depressing times that we're currently living in. I think so, especially because you can't always get the food that you want when you're in self-isolation. That's true. There are takeout options, but less than before. So we're going to square off and I'm going to I'm going to defend the mighty hot dog. And I am going to defend the delicious fried chicken sandwich. Look, you have picked a worthy adversary, Ivana. You know, my three favorite foods, they are chicken wings, tacos, and sandwiches. So you have piqued my interest with your choice. <laughs> but I got to say, hot dogs are just more interesting. You know, a fried chicken sandwich is squarely in the realm of sandwiches, but a hot dog might not be. Yeah, you got it slapped together on a bun, just like a sandwich, and it's meat, just like a sandwich, but it's a hot dog. So is it a sandwich? Is it not a sandwich? Right there, it's an interesting idea for a meal. First of all, I just want you to know that the fried chicken sandwich is a specialty sandwich. It's not your regular sandwich because people eat fried chicken all the time without the bread as well. So the fried chicken sandwich is something that you can have with the bread and the carbs or without versus the hot dog. You cannot eat a hot dog on its own. And that's not even getting into what a hot dog is made of. Whoa, whoa, what? What, what are you going to, what are you talking about? Hot dogs are basically like remnants of parts of animals that we don't normally want no, to eat. No, no, look, all like look, mushed together this, and put into like a casing. I am putting this aside. Look, hot dogs are made with skeletal meat. They're trimmings of the same type of meat that make up ground meat, steaks, and roasts. The trimmings are just ground extremely fine to give it that appearance, and then they're salted. So take it easy, fried chicken. Okay. A good proper fried chicken sandwich is not reconstituted chicken stuff that's ground together all fine. It's a chicken breast that you like can cut into or a chicken thigh or something like meaty. No, you're very, very right about that. You know, when you ask for a ch fried chicken sandwich, you know what they've done. They've taken a breast and they've fried it. There is more variety in the world of hot dogs. You can boil them. You can grill them. You can steam them. Yes, just like the fried chicken sandwich, you can also fry them to create the delicious corn dog. Slap that in between two buns and you have a delicacy. I feel like you have way better toppings on chicken sandwiches. 
First of all, lettuce. How can you eat a sandwich without lettuce? Well, you can, you can, I don't know what you're thinking, but any ingredient you can throw on a fried chicken sandwich, just throw on one of these babies. <laughs> Sauerkraut, you got it. Mustard, of course. Caramelized onions, in heaps. Not to mention the restaurants that the gourmet hot dog is coming out with. The fancy Franks with such a wide variety. You got Frankie Goes to Buffalo and the fancy Lala. What restaurants are there that are going for the hot dog? Fried chicken has way more restaurants than any hot dog ever will. Outside of the Quebec steamies, I've never even seen it featured in a restaurant. The fancy Franks, man. They got them all over Toronto and there's I miss them so much. My personal favorite is the Quebecois Frank. It's squeaky curds, gravy, few fries thrown on top of a beautiful sausage. It is delicious. Hey, sausage is one thing and hot dogs is not the same thing as sausage. But I feel like everybody wants to have a fried chicken sandwich. I mean, I'm sorry, but mystery meat or fried chicken sandwich and especially the crispy skin and all that batter. I mean, come on, you cannot go wrong. You're right. Like, I mean, even you saying it, it, it's delicious. But you know what? This podcast has movies in its title. And the glorious hot dog has had a long career in the movies. You got Father of the Bride where Steven Mar- Steve Martin goes to prison over hot dogs. In Mean Girls, Amber Delicio's burn book profile read that she made out with a hot dog. And after the guys from American Pie have sex for the first time, they go out for hot dogs. What does the fried chicken sandwich have? Supersize me? Come on, man. That's not a good look. Man, I feel like you just schooled me on that part. <laughs> With, I'm like, what are movie references? Look, I know that fried chicken is mentioned in many a movie, but none of it comes to mind. And therefore, I feel as though I must declare that you have bested me in this battle right now. Before you do that, I must let... Ivana, close your eyes. Just close your eyes for a minute. All right, you got them shut. And I want you to think back before quarantine, we're at the club and we're dancing and we got a great buzz on and it's, it's coming up to 2 a.m. And you, you know, we have to leave the club, but you still have that sweat on your brow. And as you walk into that cool morning air, it wakes you up enough to remind you, ooh, you know, I could go for something. And you see, no, 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 you smell to the right of you the glory that is the street meat hot dog. You walk closer, <laughs> seeing it's so much cheaper than your beloved fried chicken sandwich that right now is locked behind doors somewhere. But here, an amazing <laughs> hot dog squeezed between steam buds, and you can just taste it. Hot dogs forever! Now, for anyone who lives anywhere outside of Toronto, (laughs) that is what it's like living in this lovely city. It's not a thing that exists in other places. There are street meets in New York, I know, but they're not the same as Toronto. And I think that's why the fried chicken sandwich beats hot dog in that way. (laughs) Because you're talking globally available late night eats versus a local specialty. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to leave it up to you, the audience. Let us know what you think. Who won this nerd battle of of our little food fight of hot dogs and fried chicken? 
And man, don't you just want to like leave quarantine right now and go and find these foods? (laughs) Jay, it's been God knows how many weeks in quarantine. Well, you know, because you have a daily diary that you are writing. 59 days as of today. Wow, that's two months. Wow, that's insane. Anyway, what are you watching or consuming? Like, what are you spending your entertainment hours on? I'm definitely flipping way more back and forth between movies and TV. More than I normally do. Normally, I'm pretty, like, stuck on movies. But I've definitely been going back. And you know what I've been doing is trying to find old shows that I remember enjoying that I never really, like, started from the beginning or binged. I am watching 1996's Spin City for the first time. This went to 2003. I don't know what the city of New York, the mayor's office is going to do when uh, 9-11 happens in real world. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I watched that. I finished Friends for the first time. Oh, so you actually watch like from beginning all the way to the end of Friends. All the way through. I think I've probably seen all the episodes of Friends, but I've always just kind of like seen it on television Or put a random episode on Netflix. I've never actually gone from beginning all the way to the end. When it was actually on TV, I was alive and kicking and uh, I like things like that. So I did watch like the first four seasons and then I gave up. So I kind of skimmed the first four seasons, like just had them on because I knew what was going to happen. And then really started focusing after season four. So I have a question for you because I always hear about this. Was a lot of it really like out of touch and didn't hold up well with time. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes that are homophobic. I mean, it's not like they're going out of their way to be homophobic, but at the time it was funny because they're not gay. Uh, But also like, I mean, two straight guys don't have a nap together. It's not something that even today in 2020, it would be funny to come home and have Blake and Clark on the couch laying and snuggling next to each other and sleeping. And you'd be like, um, what happened, guys? And they're like, oh, we're just having a nap. Like, it was the best nap. But you're all they're also trying to hide the fact that they just had the best nap ever. So, like, they they chalk it up to, like, homophobia. But it's also straight male friends don't do that. Oh, well, I don't know. I feel like straight male friends do do that. (laughs) But friends usually don't nap together anyway. Like even if it's straight or or gay or not, like two gay friends probably aren't like huddling up on the couch and sleeping together either. Two years ago, we had a few friends come over for New Year's and we all just kind of like lost a few days hanging out together watching movies. And I'm pretty sure at some point or another, we all napped. Everyone just took a nap. But like a planned organized nap or like there was a movie on and you fell asleep? I mean, we all put a movie on, but I like I remember at some point as I was drifting off to sleep, looking and being like, everyone's asleep almost. And I was like, this is just going to be lovely. All of us napping together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is an episode where everybody thinks Chandler's gay or like when they first meet Chandler, they think he's gay. It's an out of touch a little bit. 2020 eyes. There's some moments. But for the most part, they're just a bunch of friends being friends. And I mean, they're all really terrible people except Joey, in my opinion. Even Chandler? I love Chandler. Oh, yeah, man. Like Chandler's a piece of shit. I kind of like this. I like this opinion you have. (laughs) 
he all of a sudden becomes so commitment phobe that anytime there's any progression in their relationship at all with Monica, he like freaks out and it's, it's ridiculous like it, it, because he did the whole time before this, he wanted a serious girlfriend. It's ridiculous. Like they just change up all the characters to suit like one specific thing. Monica is a neat organized freak. Ross is a big nerd and Chandler hates commitment and is so scared of everything. Joey is now so dumb. And, and uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston is, well, it's her show. She's the one who has the most growth. And, but yeah, Phoebe's yeah. always weird. Like, it is Jennifer Aniston's show. I don't care what you say. She is the star of that show. You're completely right. She totally is the star, and she's the most realistic character portrayal out of all of them. Absolutely. And she's the one who, from the very beginning, is spoiled and snobby, and she, like, she changes. Yeah, she becomes like her own woman and and has a career and is really into fashion and all that kind of stuff. And while I can understand Ross and Rachel arguing about being on a break, at the end of the day, like, they were on a break. Yeah, but it's not a breakup. I I will counter that, Ivana. If you haven't established the rules, then how do you know what Ross is thinking? How do you know what Jennifer Aniston is thinking? And if you didn't know that me saying we're taking a break means that we could totally get back together tomorrow, if you understood it to be breakup, you understood it to be breakup. I think we've all established that there's a difference between a breakup and a break, especially, I feel like, in the late 90s when this show was made. You should know what a break is. It's like saying that you don't know what Netflix and chill is. Ross does way more horrible things in this show than sleep with another woman. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's very true. That's very true. He marries Rachel and then tells her, yeah, 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 we're getting divorced and doesn't get divorced and then hides it from her. This is a problem. Ross is the worst, right? Ross is the worst. Ross is the worst. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that's... I watched Friends. (laughs) (laughs) These are some quarantine games. We're going to continue this this food conversation with a BuzzFeed quiz. Right now we're doing the We Can Guess Your Favorite Ice Cream Flavor with 96% accuracy. For those who are interested in playing along, the link is in our show notes. And I genuinely believe that it's not going to be able to guess mine. I think I have a unique flavor. I think I have a pretty basic favorite flavor. I have a favorite gelato and a favorite ice cream. They're different. I think it's going to guess mine. So we're going to start with pick a color from white, green, blue, or purple. I go purple. I'm going to I'm going to say green. Pick an ice cream topping. There's sprinkles, hot fudge, cookies, and cherry. Sprinkles cuz I am basic AF. I went cookies. Pick a gum flavor. Watermelon gum, birthday cake gum, ooh, birthday cake gum. Mint or <laughs> bubble gum. I'm going to go birthday cake gum too. Yeah, me too. That sounds awesome. Sounds really good. Um, what is your hair color? Blonde, brown, dyed, red, black, gray, or other? Going with brown. 
right over here. Okay, so finally, how many scoops do you want? And I, you have the option to go one, two, three, four, or more. I will do two. I am not a greedy person. I will also do two because it's more than one, but not too excessive. What'd you get? Yo, it guessed my flavor. What? No. It guessed mint chocolate chip. That's your flavor? That's my favorite flavor and it guessed it. It also guessed mint chocolate chip for me, but that is not my favorite flavor. All right. What is your favorite flavor, Basic? Chocolate chip cookie dough. I, I am I'm shocked. Like, I'm absolutely shocked. <laughs> These are fun, ridiculous quizzes. Ridiculous. Want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. This one's uh, a little different, but still equally fun. The quiz title is... Everyone is a 50-50 split of a Parks and Rec character and an office character. Who are you? All right, so the first part is what word sums up your personality? Ambitious, chill, creative, optimistic, brainy, or hilarious? I I feel very cocky saying this, but I'm going to say hilarious. Oh, I would have picked creative for you. I think I'm going to go ambitious. Yeah, that's a good call. What is your favorite dream vacation destination? Venice, Cape Town, South Africa, Bangkok, Paris, Cancun, Mexico, or New York City? For me, it's definitely New York City. For me, it is definitely Paris because that's a place I have not been yet, but is on my to-do list when travel becomes a thing. Maybe never. Someday. 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 <laughs> I like this one. This is pick a prank to pull on Dwight. So you can convince him that he smoked weed. You can sell him magic beans, swap his regular suit with a Velcro version, put his stapler in jello, send him faxes from his future self, or gradually increase the weight of his desk phone. Oh, that last one is good. I think I'm going to pick the convince him that he smoked weed because that is hilarious. And I'm going to send him faxes from his future self. Great prank. Which Pawnee Parks Department event would you like to organize? Lil Sebastian's Memorial Service? Harvest Festival? The grand opening of Pawnee's Smallest Park? An annual department hunting trip? the Pawnee Cares Telethon, or a sex education seminar? Well, you might think I would choose the sex education seminar, but I'm going to go with the Harvest Festival because I love fall. I, I love fall festivals in general. I feel very drawn towards the Pawnee Cares Telethon. I feel like that'd be quite a fun event to put that together. All right, what present would you give at an office gift exchange? A decorative nameplate, an iPhone, a teapot, handmade oven glove, a keychain, or a shower radio? Oh, man. I think I'm going to go with teapot. It's generic enough, and most people drink tea. 100%. I am always giving electronics, but I, I would never buy someone an iPhone. So I'm going shower radio. If you were going to throw a huge party, what would be the occasion? 
autumn harvest, birthday or anniversary, Halloween, summer solstice, a winter holiday, or Galentine's Day. Well, I am no fun at all, and I only throw parties for birthdays and anniversaries, so I will pick that one. I pick Halloween. Oh, that was the last one. What'd you get? So my 50-50 split of a Parks and Rec character is Andy Dwyer and Michael Scott. You've got a silly side, which can be both a blessing and a curse. Sometimes you're the life of the party. Other times you're a little less than focused on the task at hand. At the end of the day, though, your friends care deeply about you and would do anything to make you feel loved. I love that. And that is so true for you. Yeah, that feels like me. Yeah. And I I feel like mine is pretty good, too. Leslie Nope, as well as Daryl Philbin. Wow. You're a motivated self-starter, and you're always at the top of your game. Friends and coworkers alike depend on you to help them tackle challenges. You're the person for the job. Just remember to take a breather sometimes. You deserve to relax as much as everybody else. So, like Ivana said, if you want to take these silly quizzes, they are in the show notes, and you can... Uh, Email us or or tweet us. You can reach out to us any way you want to just tell us what you uh, ended up with. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. This week, we asked you to watch a movie that was written, filmed, edited, and released in the span of a couple of months. None other than the infamous or now infamous Corona Zombies. This movie is bonkers. It's comprised of a small amount of original footage, all filmed while in quarantine, and a repurposing of existing film footage to create the most timely story that Full Moon Pictures probably has ever served up. We start by meeting Barbie, who's just gotten home from the grocery store and is very confused why everyone is going wild for toilet paper. Luckily, she's on the phone with her BFF, who breaks the awful news to Barbie. We're living through a horrible pandemic, and Donald Trump is in charge. Meanwhile, we meet the Corona Squad, a specialized group who are sent to retrieve a shipment of toilet paper that has been hijacked and find a cure for the virus creating Corona Zombies. What follows is an hour and some odd minutes satire poking fun at world leaders, hoarders, protesters, and so much more. And you might ask yourself, is it too soon? Is it exploitive? Is it cheap? Is it even really funny? To answer those questions, yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay, how crazy was this movie that we watched? I I gotta give Full Moon Features props because everybody's at home and they made a movie. And not just like a regular movie. They made a movie that they put out in the world with a cast of three who all worked from home. Yep. And then they got all this footage from like an old Italian movie called Hell of the Living Dead or Zombie Creeping Flesh. And one of their own films called Zombie vs. Strippers. And they just kind of like built it around this footage that they had and then dubbed over it. The dialogue is surprisingly witty. Like they really touch on a lot of key things that is our lives nowadays. Like, for example, 
our random sort shortage of toilet paper because now everybody must hoard all the toilet paper. They also go in deep about like bat soup and they have footage of Donald Trump as breaking news. They sure do. And it's real footage of real things that Donald Trump has said. And I think it's that mixture of a little bit of cheesy filmed at home schlock dub that really has some biting satire and wit inside of it. And then actual footage from Donald Trump all edited together that creates this kind of good, bad movie. There are so many stupid things in this movie, but you have to kind of go, wow, you made a movie from your (laughs) home. The whole thing's only an hour and it's ridiculous. The Corona squad is like a special squad who's looking for a shipment of toilet paper. But when they they encounter these zombies who are... (laughs) God, who are like, you know, infected with Corona. They're yelling, God, put a mask on that child. Don't you know about social distancing? Oh. Like the <laughs> dubbing is ridiculous with every kind of thing you've heard in the pandemic. I have to say, I think that's what makes this movie hit. Like there have been a lot of blogs written about it. And I think Full Moon Features just found their niche, making fun of world events by a little bit of their own footage mixed with previous films. A lot. A lot of previous films. Yeah. It's like three different movies. But they're put together in a way that makes just enough sense. Sort of works. It just it just makes just a bit just of sense. The Even though the footage does not look anything alike. Nope. And even just the concept of like, why is Barbie and her whole storyline in this film about the Corona squad makes no sense. It's just to ground it because when I shower, I wear my tank top when I'm in the shower. (laughs) This is this is like ridiculous to every level. And obviously, like she's like, I'm not getting naked for you, director. What I don't understand is why wouldn't she at least put on like a strapless something and just not film just pull her boobs? the straps down. Exactly. Like we didn't <laughs> see her full body. We just saw her shoulders and yet she still had a tank top on. Yeah, it was pretty great. I mean, like, look, this guy is directing from home. He's calling up his like actress friend and being like, hey, can you just like, you know, jump in the shower, film yourself doing these lines? And like, she's like, sure. And sure enough, like she's got the water on and everything. It's just a weird scene. And that's the only time I texted Ivana while watching it. And I was like, what? She couldn't take off her tank top? What's going on here? Well, what was crazy to me is that, no offense to her, but she looks like a porn star. So I was fully expecting a lot of boobs. No boobs. Well, And there were a lot of boobs from all their other movies. All the other movies, but not this movie. Not this movie. No, no, no. She, I, she was lovely. Barbie was fun. Like I liked what I liked when it would go back to Barbie and you get all those jokes. Now, this is also at the first couple weeks of Corona that this movie came out. So we're, we're not yet at the, the state that we're in now of two months in solitaire. And like, I really want to leave. It's more of the hoarding at the beginning. That's true. The the government making stupid decisions. It's a lot of that. And I only say this because now we know what the death toll is. And we're not trying to trivialize that. This is not what that film is about. It's just a feat of somebody did something satirical. 
at the beginning of this pandemic when everything seemed like absolute lunacy. Now it's just like we stay home and it sucks. But at that point, it was like, what is happening? Is this the end of the world? And it made perfect sense to have a zombie apocalypse themed movie called Corona Zombies. I just feel like I have to say that. Like, I have to say nobody is trivializing that it is very, it's a very horrible disease that is killing people. You know what? This movie attempts to, I think, be an escape. Yes. Like, I think the reason why I'm not offended by this movie is that it's not trying to trivialize anything. I think it's saying this is a pretty crazy time and here is your way to escape and laugh at the situation, which can otherwise be pretty darn scary. The more you hear about the disease, the more terrifying it is. I know we've heard it a lot, but if we're not laughing and having a little bit of fun being at home, it's terrible. But like, if you're not laughing, this is going to be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find a way to laugh. I think that's what this movie tries to be. I have a feeling that everyone involved in it is taking things very seriously because it's very clearly made while social distancing, right? Very clearly, yes. Like nobody got together to do that. Right. I think that it's just satirizing all the things that we're feeling that are pretty darn real and scary and trying to sort of put them in this ridiculous light so that we can kind of laugh at it for a moment before we get back to actually just worry about it and like there's a lot of jokes that a lot of people like they they make fun of charlie sheen because the corona zombies look like they're just on drugs and they're like are you sure they're infected they look like drugs i heard charlie sheen had a place nearby (laughs) Um, and they say stupid stuff like we are in the wild jungles of baltimore (laughs) like (laughs) it is ridiculous this movie I absolutely had way more fun than I expected to have. Me too. And I think it worked out really quite well, actually. I do have to point out, I have been uh, researching the video nasties. If you're listening to this in Europe and in the UK, the video nasties were a very real thing that happened in the 80s, where if you were caught distributing certain banned movies, you could actually get more than fined. You could get charged with a crime. You could go to prison. And, and and one person, I believe, did go to prison, which is horrible. But the movie they chose, Zombie Creeping Flesh, is on that list. And I don't really, like, in 2020, like, it's so campy. And it's so, so ridiculous. Campy, yeah. <laughs> but I guess the gross out scenes of, you know, somebody eating somebody's guts or eyeballs popping out. Come on, man. This is it is not real. If you think that looks real, you're crazy. So, Jay, out of curiosity, how many stars would you give this movie? Honestly, I think I give it like I give it two and a half out of five. What would you rate this movie, Ivana? I'm somewhere between a two and a half, which it realistically deserves, and a three because I actually found it rather enjoyable, if not fully coherent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a watchable thing. And what we're really hoping for is next week's thing to also be really watchable. We are asking you to watch the first episode of Solar Opposites. This is by one half of the Rick and Morty produced team. So I hope it's really great in the States. It's on Hulu and in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I got to figure something out. 
And that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score us a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website on how you can reach us at morethemovies.net. But if you hate websites, you can also email us, hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter, I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next time with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until then, friends. Do more. And watch more. Watch more.